Welcome to another edition of Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. Uh, my co-host, A-Level, is not here with me today, but I do have a very special guest on the phone for this episode. Someone who I've been trying to interview for quite some time. His name is Ash Exantis, best known as Ash Cass. He is a speaker, best-selling author, personal financial expert, business consultant, and spiritual advisor to entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, and other executives. He is the author of a powerful book called The Wake Up Call, Financial Inspiration Learned from Jay-Z's last solo album entitled 444, which is the main reason why I was inspired to interview him today. So without further ado, I want to say welcome to Out the Box Talks. Brother Ash, how you doing? Hey, brother, thank you so much. I'm doing so well, man. Uh, I appreciate you for having me on, for you know allowing me to speak to your audience, man. Thank you so much. Likewise, brother. Thank you. Now, let me first say, um, please accept my condolences again for the loss of your mom. I had mentioned it uh, in one of our previous episodes, so I hope you're in good spirits, and I thank you again for being here. No, absolutely. You know, I think that, uh, you know, anytime someone loses a loved one, it's one of the toughest things, and then honestly, you know, I'm not even going to sit here in front like, you know, I got it all together, you know, Mm -hmm. some days, you know, some days, some days I'm up, some days I'm down, you know, but, but I think that, um, you know, what gets me through is, is realizing, you know, that my mom was a powerful woman, uh, who instilled certain values in me, who, uh, really, you know, made me the man that I am today. Um, and so in order to, you know, keep her legacy alive, I just got to keep going. I got to keep showing that, you know, all the work, all the sacrifice, everything that she, she put in me in order for me to be who I am right now um, is, you know, is, 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 you know, it didn't go to waste, right? Like, that, like, like I was able to maximize my full potential and just take it to the next level. And so, um, you know, I think that, it, I think whenever, when anybody leaves here in the physical, uh, they might, they, they might be, you know, they might've died in the physical, uh, but they don't, they never die if you keep their name alive. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm maintaining it as good as I can, uh, but the goal is, is to really just continue to uh, do what my my mother would, would, would want me to do. So I appreciate you, brother. Indeed. I thank you for sharing that. That's a very positive outlook to have. I, you know, I just think that, um, you know, you know, a, a lot of us, we mourn when people die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes, you know, it's a celebration, especially if they if, if they kind of put in work, you know, while they were here and they helped people and they made the world better. Um, you know, I think that that sometimes we have to, you know, just just take a step back and celebrate. Indeed, indeed. So I definitely want to take a moment to go a little bit back. Uh, just to get a little history on yourself, right? Tell us how you got started on this path of financial success and what it is that exactly qualifies you to be a financial expert. Yeah, that's a great question. So, 
you know, I'm I'm just a kid from from Harlem. I'm a kid from 129th Street and 8th Avenue. I grew up in the St. Nicholas Project. Um, okay. And so, yeah, so I so I'm a you know I'm a Harlem kid, uh, home of the hustlers, you know. Um, and 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 <laughs> honestly, right. you know, um, just like anybody growing up in a single parent home. So my dad left, and and my mom was the only one raising three of us, uh, my brother and my sister and I. Um, and just like anybody, you know, the streets really raised me, you know, and so, um, you know, I, I, I was able at a, you know, able to see at a young age, I, I, you know, I grew up in the late, late 80s, early 90s. Um, and so I was, you know, during the crack era, the gang era. Um, so I was able to see, you know, you know, you know, straight up front, front street, uh, what, you know, the, the crack game, what the drug game kind of was doing to the neighborhood. Um, you know, I played ball. Um, and so, you know, I had a decision and I think, I think part, part of what saved me was the fact that, you know, I grew up in a, in a neighborhood where, uh, you know, the OGs was, were, were, were kind of gotten you. Like if you weren't really a street guy, they would try to kind of, you know, tell you to go to school or, you know, they weren't really, uh, you know, promoting, you know, people to, uh, you know, to, 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 to run the street life if you weren't of that. Um, and so for me, I was able to see a lot of uh you know firsthand you know you know the the drug game and and what that bought um and i just made a decision i made a decision to go a different route um and so you know i started out my career as a banker so you know i, I mean I, I did typical you know typical dirt typical things that uh you would do growing up in an urban environment and so you know kicked out of school went to three three different high schools i fought a lot mm -hmm. um you know got expelled out the 10th grade but e even with that i was always been a hustler you know like Eight years old, I was packing bags at the local supermarket. As a teenager, I was I was uh, selling mixtapes and, and, and t-shirts on 125th Street. Um, wow. And then, you know, I've always, always had a job, and, and that's actually how I got the name Ash Cash because I was, you know, I always had money, right? Regardless of, of, of what, you know, I always I always had money, so that was like my, my nickname growing up in the hood. Um, and then, you know, there, there was that time where I, you know, I had to make a choice whether I was going to sell drugs. Or whether I was just going to get a job, and and actually, you know, it was by fate maybe, uh, because you know I, I was you know one of my friends we were 17 at the time. One of my friends he was getting a lot of money on the on the block, um, and you know I you know that's the that's the age where you know you can't really shop Old Navy anymore, right? You got to you got to get fresh if you want the ladies, right. you know. Right. Um, and so you know uh, I you know I was talking to him about potentially hustling for him. Um, and then I was telling my sister, my sister and I are really close, and she was she was working at Blockbuster Videos at the time, and she was like, nah, like, why, why would you sell drugs? And we, we, you know, we had a heated discussion, and, you know, she was saying, you know, mommy didn't raise us that way, and, you know, my, my mother was a, a Christian woman who went to church all the time, and I said, listen, what, what you want me to do? I can't, you know, I can't depend on y'all all the time. And she was like, yo, let me just get you a job. And so long story short, my sister got me a job. Uh, at a video store, Blockbuster Videos. I did that for about two years. I, I you know, got promoted to assistant manager. Uh, one of the assistant managers came in there and said that they're hiring uh, for tellers at, at Chase Bank. Um, I knew there was bus so high I can go within the video store. So I, you know, I, I interviewed for Chase um, back in 1999. Um, I was 19 years old. Uh, got the job, and the rest is history. Uh, you know, wow. I've been I've been a banker since 1999. I've done everything in banking. I was a teller. I was a personal banker. I was a private banker. And so for two years, I managed uh, accounts for mass affluent clients. So my 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 lowest client had two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars in investable assets. My wealthiest clients was worth twenty two million dollars. 
Um, and so I've, I managed the book of business of 400 people uh, that, that had that, uh, that asset range. Um, I was a, a branch manager, uh, and I also was a CEO of a credit union. Um, and so I did that. That was, that was my whole career. Uh, right around 2008, 2009, when uh, the, the, the Great Recession came through, um, I, you know, I decided that I wanted to take a different route with my career. I wanted to, to teach, right, because mm. now I'm in the bank working with wealthy people. And, and, you know, like the Honorable Sean Carter says, you know, there's much bigger issues in the world I know, so I first have to take care of the world I know. And so for me, when I'm looking, I'm like, man, I'm here talking to these wealthy people, but there's people back on the block that could, you know, that could benefit from this information. Right. Um, and so I just decided to, 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 to start writing books. I started traveling, going to churches, uh, going to jails. I used to go to Rikers Island every Monday uh, mm. to talk to the, to the adolescents, you know, C-74. Um, you know, I was going to churches. I was going to neighborhoods um, and just really just, just passing on the knowledge on how to build wealth uh, from that time. Um, I've written books, and so my first book came out 2009, which is about to be you know, 10 years. Um, and I've written wow. 10, uh, 10 books. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I've written seven books. I've written seven books. Uh, three of them have been uh, bestsellers. Uh, I've been on every media outlet you could, you could name, uh, television, radio, uh, and I'm, I'm you know, frequent guest when people you know, ask my opinion about, about money, and I, and, and I give insight um, on how to properly uh, manage, you know, manage wealth. And so, um, yeah, that's my, you know, that's my credentials. That's what makes me, me qualified to, uh, to talk to people about how to change their mindset in order to manage their money. Brother, say no more. That is definitely a hefty amount of experience. I try to condense it. I try, I try, I try to condense <laughs> it as much as possible, you know? <laughs> indeed, indeed. You came prepared. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I really admire the fact that you took the approach of um, wanting to teach this information that you've gained. Yeah. So your book, The Wake Up Call, inspired, obviously, by the lyrics of Jay-Z's 444 album, um, as I said earlier, was the main reason why I felt like I needed to interview you. I mean, this is a hip hop show. We converse and communicate with the hip hop community quite a lot. Um, in this book, you used hip hop lyrics as a vehicle to provide financial advice. What was the value that you saw in taking this approach for the African American community or for the working class? What was the value you saw in this approach? Man, so 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 hit. So I'll, I'll I'll say this, man. Sometimes you got to put the medicine in the food, right? Mm. And so you know, back back in the day, you, and, and and anybody that grew up in the African American household knows this, that you know we would not take the medicine. And so you know, what what would mommy do? What would grandma do? They would put the medicine in the food. So as we're eating what we would normally eat, uh, we're, we're we're healing ourselves at the same time. Um, and so when I heard 444, in fact, wasn't even the whole album. When I heard uh, story of OJ, I got mm. so excited because you know I grew up on Jay, so I so I you know I could man we could have a conversation about Jay and lyrics and and all that. You know what I'm saying? I was I was 15 years old uh, when Jay came out. You know, and so um, I you know I I grew up on on Jay. I, you know I became an adult still listening to his music. Um, and so when 444 came out, and he's talking about you know, what's better than, than spending money in a strip club is credit. Then he started talking about, you know, uh, you know, you know, buying homes and, 
and you know don't you know you know uh, you know uh, don't waste your life on on the block that your that your mama renting. And he's talking about all these things that I'm like, whoa, this is this is big talk, right? And so he's talking about cooperative economics. He's talking about you know what's better than one billionaire too, right? Which is which is the cooperative e- economics. He's talking about estates and he's talking about wills and he's talking about generational wealth is the key. Like all these. My, my language, right? Because like I said, my first book came out 2009. And guess what, what What the name of my first book was? It was called Mind Right, Money Right, right? And mm-hmm. Mind Right, Money Right is, is, a, is a Jay-Z and Memphis Bleak song. But in wow. that book, I wasn't authentically myself. In that book, I, I used the principle. I, you know, I was inspired by hip-hop. I used hip-hop heads in it. But the way I wrote it, it wasn't written for us. You know, it was just written the way books were written back then, you know? where you had to be punctual and grammar and all that stuff. Um, and so when I heard this album and I saw how many people, you know, I, I mean, honestly, the reason why I wrote the book was so many people were focused on Jay-Z's infidelity. That I'm like, <laughs> You're absolutely like, right. Bugging? I said, y'all bugging. I said, yo, what are y'all doing? Like, that's not even, that's like 10% of the album. The, the 90% of the album He's talking about economic economic improvement. How do you get Ash, to if, if I level? if I can say to you, brother, sorry to stop you, that is the yep. same exact sentiments I had. It's so amazing that you said that because I I literally had arguments with people. I'm like, why are you talk? Why are you focusing on his infidelity? Do you understand how much jewels he's dropping financially on this album? Man, Go ahead, man. No, no, and and and, and so. You know the 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 same the same thing. Like I had arguments. I was I'm like, yo, y'all bugging. I'm looking online. I'm seeing all the articles, and I'm like, yo, are y'all like what's like what's going on? And so what I said to myself was, um, I said, you know what, Jay Z is giving us what needs to happen, but I said, yo, who's gonna give them the how? And I felt like, you know what, and and I, it didn't even start off as a book. It started off as a workshop. Uh, because I travel the country, I go to different colleges, and I speak to students all the time about how to manage their money. And you know, so there's a group that I that I'm that I'm down with called Trill or Not Trill. It's an educational company, and what they do is they are they use culturally relevant ways to to, to reach students. And so you know, my guy Lenny, my my guy Lenny Williams, um, who's one of the co-founders, uh, and Jeff Desk, uh, they do these workshops all the time where they'll use. Uh, you know, artists and, 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 and talk about leadership or talk about something that's, you know, related to what's happening currently, but use their, their you know, uh, uh, you know, their topic and weave it in. And so I said, you know what, let me try this. And so I created a workshop, you know, called The Wake Up Call, and I was going around at different colleges, uh, and I was, you know, talking to them, and, and I was giving them this workshop about Jay-Z's album, um, and it went it went so well but people were asking me for more. They were asking, but how do you do this? How do you do that? Um, and that's how it, it, it became a book. I just said, you know what? You know, this this album uh, is too important for the culture. Um, I do not want people to miss out what, you know, the message that, that Jay was trying to, to give to us, to our community. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, I wrote the book and that's why I felt compelled. It wasn't even something that I felt like I had a choice. I felt like, if, you know, if, if my mission in life is to help my people become financially educated so they can build generational wealth and break the cycle of poverty. If that's my mission, then I have to write this book. And, and, and that's why I did it. Dope, dope. Now, I have to say, I like 
how you chose to title the chapters, right? You used um, key quotes off of the 444 album. And uh, one of my favorite chapters is chapter 611, titled, Take Real Chances Over Advances. Obviously mm-hmm. a Jay-Z quote, right? Yep. Um, you really emphasize to the reader the importance of ownership. So yes. tell me, why is it important uh, to be an owner? And what are some steps the working class person can take to become an owner regardless of their profession? So whether they are artists or not, talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the importance and the steps. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, you know what, uh, what, what Jay said in, in – uh, you know, and um, I got the keys, right? It, until you own your own, you can't be free. Um, and that is a that is a fact. Um, I, you know, I don't care what wealthy person you, you, you pull out, any name, anybody, anybody's name that you pull out, the sky, the only way they became wealthy is because they, they own something. They didn't mm-hmm. get it by working. They didn't get it by, by getting some income. Uh, they got it by ownership. Oprah Winfrey is a billionaire because she owned her show. It wasn't that she, you know, she got put on and ABC paid her. Nope. She owned the show. And when she syndicated it, that's how she became a billionaire. When you think about Magic Johnson, who's, who's one of the, the most brilliant people out there uh, as it relates to bu- business, he is an owner. Um, and so it's important that we own because, again, until, we own, own, until you own your own, you can't be free. Um, and so I think, you know, the, fir- the first step is just, taking advantage of your intellectual property, right, is mm-hmm. understanding that what you what comes out of you is valuable, um, even even your physical labor. Think about if you work a nine-to-five right now, your job is paying you money to do something, but but best believe that they're earning more by, by your work, right? And so that's why I say to everybody uh, that instead of working to earn, you must work to learn because as you're working and that knowledge that you're, 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 you're learning from your job is going to allow you to, 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 to now create a system to, to now own something. So whether, you know, if you have that knowledge and that knowledge is now put into a book, put into mm-hmm. an online course, it, whatever, whatever it is, that knowledge that you have will allow you to now create something that you own. Um, and so I say for anybody, especially today, right, 2019 is one of the best times to be alive. You think 10 years ago even, it was it was very difficult to get your product, your business to households without a middleman. You needed money for advertising. You needed magazines. You needed television. You needed radio. There were gatekeepers. You couldn't really do what you wanted to do uh, if you started your own business. Now – you know, 10 years later, we got social media. You have direct access to everybody that you need in order to build your own wealth. Um, you have access to every system. It, it, you know, the, the overhead to, to create products and services is very, very low. Um, and so anybody, if you have a nine to five, even if you're in school, even if you don't have a job, you're in school, you know, if you take two to three hours a day, and just work on something that you're good at, something that you're passionate about, and then figure out what kind of product or service you could create from it. I, I promise you, you know, having that and owning it and building it up is going to uh, begin the process of you building wealth, you building financial freedom. But it goes a little, a little further than that, right? You think about the wealth gap 
you know, in America. The wealth gap in America is, is widening. And the reason for it is because we're not buying enough properties, right? We're not owning homes. And so, you know, I would also say that, you know, create passive income by, you know, a lot of times people are buying homes and they're buying them to live in it. You know, it, you know, I, you know, I was fortunate enough, you know, I made, made a lot of money in, in the banking world. And so I was fortunate enough to become a homeowner uh, at 25 years old. Uh, and I bought a multifamily home, but I, but I lived, I lived in it. Right. But, you know, it later on became my source of income because now, you know, because it was a multifamily, I was able to rent out part of the home and the money that I was getting from, from my tenant now paid my mortgage. Right. And mm. so it's that type of mindset thinking about, you know, buying stuff, holding it and then, and then not selling it because once you sell it, you lose the asset, but, but keeping that asset and allowing that asset to pay you. Right. I've written seven books and every single month I get a check. I wrote the books once. And then as people buy them, every month I get a check. So you, it, it's about creating passive income. It's creating these, these things where you change your relationship with money. Instead of working for money you, or, 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 or working hard for money, you have to make money work hard for you. And that's what ownership does. Wow. You know, I'm glad that you brought up passive income because you talk about passive income in your book as well. Um, Tell us a little bit about passive income. Define it, and what are some ways someone can begin to create passive income in, you know, for ourselves uh, at this current time? Like, regardless of what your status is, what are some ways that you could begin to implement passive income? No, absolutely. So passive income is simply money that comes to you without without you physically having to work for it. And so it is it is it is it is money that comes passively. And so, you know, Jay-Z said, right, I'm merrily, merrily, merrily eating <laughs> off the streams. And so he's talking about streams, you know, you know, it's a double entendre. He's talking about titles, so he's eating off the streams from titles, but he's also talking about multiple streams of income. Um, and so passive income, you know, I, you know, I gave one example. Um, I, you know, you know, if you, if you own property um, and you rent out that property to someone, when they pay you each month for that rent, you are not, you don't, you didn't have to wake up. You didn't have to go to, go to work. You didn't have to get dressed. You didn't have to travel. That money is going to come to you every single month, as long as that tenant is occupying that space. Um, and, and, and that is a, that is a form of passive income because mm-hmm. you didn't have to work for it, meaning that you, your, your physical labor is not what got it. Um, you know, other other forms of passive income uh, is intellectual property. Right. And so we talk about books. We talk about music. We talk about poetry. Uh, you know, anything that you can create, you do it one time. You write a book, you put it out on Amazon, and as people buy it, you get you get you get income from it. If you're an artist and you 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 know a hip hop musician and you create an album and you keep the you know you keep the rights to it, right? You don't you don't sell those rights. You mm-hmm. keep the rights to it, and as that sells, you get you get royalties from it. Um, and that's another form of passive income. Uh, if you play the markets, if you invest in stocks and bonds and, and you get dividends you know, from your stocks and bonds, that's another form of, of passive income. Uh, if you are, you know, if you lend people money, uh, you know, if you are doing peer-to-peer lending and you get interest from money that you're lending out, that's another form 
of passive income. Passive income. If you mm-hmm. are invested in somebody else's business, right? You have some cash laying around and you're like, you know what? I believe in your business. I'm going to invest in your business. And as they make money on their business, they break you off a piece. That's passive income. So anything that you invest in, everything that you put your money in that you don't have to necessarily work for is what passive income is. And that is the the true way to become financially free, right? Because they say the average millionaire has seven sources of income. And so if you want to, you know, even if, if being a millionaire isn't in your, you know, your view, but you want to be successful, you have to have multiple sources of income so that you can, that you can have or begin the process of being financially free. Mm. You know why I like this whole idea of passive income is like, and I've had conversations about this, um, where it's this idea that you could be sleeping at night and money could be coming in. You literally don't even have to be awake, you know, consciously awake. um, And you're, there's money coming in. Right. So that's a pretty dope concept. And I think um, it's a valuable one for people to take advantage of. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, You know, the other thing that comes up for me is um, what we've been told growing up. We've been told, go to school, get a degree, get a career that pays well, and focus on that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like kids are told this from, it's almost like your goal from little is get to the next level of your education. But then when you get Mm -hmm. to the end of it, after you get your degree, you find yourself, I'm not saying for everyone, but a lot of people find themselves scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, how do I make a successful career now? So this idea of passive income really kind of answers those questions, but I'm just curious to hear your perspective on that whole idea of going to school, doing everything to get a good education and get into a good school and then what happens next? <laughs> yeah, man, I think, I think it's a case of the blind lead in the blind, honestly, you know, because mm. I feel like if I think, if I think back, the people that were giving me advice, they were not better off than, than, than us, you know, like your teachers and no disrespect to your teachers, but your teachers, your right. parents, they, it, it was this idea it wasn't a wealthy person didn't tell them that, right? They didn't connect with somebody that was wealthy, and, and the wealthy person said, "Yeah, this is how you you get wealth." No, it was it was the blind leading the blind, and this concept um, is a flawed concept that that doesn't necessarily work, um, and that's why I do what I do. That's why when I had access to someone who was wealthy, access to people who you know, I, I got to study and look at their moves, I realized that, no, it's not about going to school and, you know, focusing on school and then getting a good job because, you know, the wealthy people need people to go to school and get a good job. In fact, uh, no conspiracy theory or anything. If you look back to who created the college system and why the college system was even set up, it was not set up to teach you how to be a boss. It was set up because wealthy people needed uh, qualified people to work at their jobs, hmm. and so they created this 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 university system so that they can they can train you and teach you how to follow orders, so that when that when when you you know graduate, they know that degree didn't say that you were you were knowledgeable enough to run your own business. It said you were knowledgeable enough to to get the class on time, to follow orders, to get the grades that was necessary to get this, and so now 
you're qualified to work for my company. Um, mm. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's really a situation where, um, you know, it is a flawed premise. And, and again, that's why we live in a great time, because, you know, now people are are showing that you don't really have to go to school in, or, in order to, to be wealthy. I think that school works. You know, I, I'm happy that I was able to go to school because I, you know, I learned a lot. Uh, I made some great connections. Um, you know, certain certain things that I needed to progress in my career, um, I couldn't do if I didn't have a degree. Um, and so, at the end of the day, you know, it did uh, help me in, in so in so many different ways. Um, but you know, it it, it was you, it wasn't necessary. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, I I I was making money. Uh, I I got my degree in 2015. Wow. Right, my bachelor's degree. I got it in 2015, and the wow. only reason I got my only reason I got my bachelor's degree was because I wanted to uh, become a CFP, which is a certified financial planner, and that was one of the criteria. Other than that, I had an associate's degree uh, from BMCC, Borough of Manhattan Community College. I had an associate's degree, and I was making more money than my friends who went to Harvard. <laughs> Without loans, too, I could have. I would imagine exactly. 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 So you used it as a strategy. You use getting your bachelor's as a strategy. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Most people don't think like that, but I think more people are opening their minds. And I, I have to say, I do. Um, I went to college as well, and it was definitely a valuable experience. But looking back at it in hindsight, I feel like there's a whole lot of things I could have done differently. You know. So taking it back to hip hop, I always view hip hop as a tool that can be used to teach through its lyrics, through its music. And one of the things that I always felt that hip hop lacked was this ability to provide financial tips and advice through artist lyrics. Now, with the exception of Jay-Z's 444 album, which recently came out, what, a couple years ago, um, I feel like we in hip hop we cover a lot of topics we'll cover social political topics <laughs> we'll cover even topics about health uh but that financial addressing financial moves particularly within the lyrics i haven't seen quite a lot of so i'm curious to know um why do you think hip hop was has struggled with this financial how-tos, like being able to give these how-tos in their music when it comes to financial advice. Like they always talk about, artists often talk about the material outcomes of their success, but they never tell you how they got that excess within their lyrics. Yeah, I think, I think you know, the unfortunate part about hip-hop is that hip-hop is a way to make you feel good. Hip hop is uh, that's what it that's that that's what that's what it became right because it, it didn't start off that way it it, it started off as a, as a tool to teach it started off as a way to you know to, to to make a political statement to teach you how to how to advance and you know knowledge of self and all of that good stuff mm-hmm. uh, but then when 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 hip hop became lucrative when the money started to get to get involved in hip hop 
it then switched to a, to this braggadocious way, this thing that made you feel good, this thing that wanted to make you show off, and it you know it, it was a, it was a, a blurred line between the streets and 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 entertainers and athletes and who could get the most money and who could got the biggest house and the biggest car and things of that nature, um, and unfortunately because um, that's what sells records, right? Like that's why that's what sells records. It's 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 not. You know the, the the people in the hood don't want you don't want you to uh, talk about you know your business moves because that's not sexy that's not you know something that that they're excited about they want to hear about you know drug dealings how much girls you have and all that stuff and so because of that you know that's why they're they're pushing that type of music I think that when the consumer changes right and so you know that's why i do the work that i do there's other people out here on the ground on the ground level trying to change the mindset of people who are living in urban environments because once our mindset starts to change then what we consume is going to be different right like mm. i i personally i love hip-hop but i don't listen to any hip-hop that's promoting you know you know drug dealing or drug drug use uh you know uh, you know, call, calling women out their names. I don't listen to that stuff. I listen to the grown man hip hop. Um, you know, even somebody like Rick Ross, who started off, you know, talking heavy drug talk. If you listen to him, he's now teaching wealth, right? He's now talking about wealth, you know. Right. Uh, so God, God, God rest his soul, but Nipsey Hussle was somebody Indeed. that was, you know, giving rest you the game, peace. you know, all, all in his raps, you know, Jay-Z and, you know, all these different people. So, I do think that there is now starting to become a shift where the conversation is starting to happen, uh, but at, but 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 there still needs a lot a lot of you know a lot of work needs to be done, uh, and I, and I think what happens too is that because and this is where the ownership comes in at because the people who are you know running the labels don't look like us and they have this perception of us, they have a, this perception of what we want to hear, and so if you come to them with something that's too conscious, they're, you know, they're going to be like, nah, we need, we need that, that club record, we need that, you know, that, booty, that booty clapping record, you know what I'm saying? And so they're pushing this narrative based on this assumption they have about black people not realizing that black and brown people are not monolithic, that, you know, like, like I, you know, you got somebody from Harvard who, you know, who might listen to track, and so why not cater to that person? But the fact that, that, that we're starting to own our masters and, and going down a route of, you know, uh, you know, focusing on ownership within the music industry, you know, that's allowing us to change the narrative and really, really push uh, the message that we know our people need and actually want. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see that shift as well. So that's, that's good to know. And, you know, I, I made this... I brought this up not just critiquing the mainstream. I feel like this doesn't even happen in the underground. And I'm a big fan of underground or what we consider conscious hip-hop. I, I feel like it doesn't even happen there. But it's good to see that the shift is happening. And, uh, and, and you're right. And, you know, the, the thing is, and, and, I, and I hate to say it, it's like misery loves company. Like the underground is, is specifically the people who need to be pushing this message. Right? Indeed. Because it's about the underground that... Like, like, they're the epitome of grind. Like, these are the people who grind and they build their fan base from the ground up where Main Street's not even talking to them, but they're able to, you know, create a life by owning their, their stuff, by creating, by, by, by strategic marketing and all of the things that they should be talking about to their fans to show them that, nah, it's not about, 
you know, misery, wanting company and talking about how bad it is or whatever the case may be. But unfortunately, you know, that's what people gravitate to. We live in a negative world and people will gravitate towards negativity easier than positivity. The moment you start talking some positive stuff, they're like, nah, I don't want to hear that. Like, yo, stop preaching. You know what I'm saying? And so so people start to put you in a box. Um, So unfortunately, that's what happens. But that's why, you know, people like Jay-Z, people like Nipsey Hussle, people like Rick Ross are important to the culture. People like, you know, God rest the dead, Mac Miller was somebody who, you know, showed like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how to do this on, you know, on, on a grind set. You know, somebody like Tech 9 who's also, you know, somebody who's owned his own for a very long time that people don't talk about that has a system and is really kind of killing it as it relates to ownership and, and distribution of music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joey Badass, like there's a lot of people that are killing it, that are doing mm-hmm. great, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and we just need to, you know, their voices are so important because like I said earlier, you got to put the food, you got to put the medicine in the food and mm-hmm. these are the people that can actually do that. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to lament on this, but like I said, they're doing it, right? A lot of people are doing it, but I want to see it more in the actual music. Like, I want to... Yeah. And I'm, that might be asking for a lot, considering, like you said, this is a this is a, a, a music where people want to enjoy themselves. So I understand that, but I, I felt like hip-hop was always used, like you said, intended to teach. So let's drop some of that financial knowledge in the music a lot more but i I definitely get you yeah yeah now i learned that three of the main ways or paths that one can take to obtain wealth involves either investing in stocks and securities real estate and or business ownership Mm -hmm. but i i want to just focus on real estate and investing in stocks and securities what are the first steps a person who has no experience at all with any of those fields can take to get into real estate or getting to invest in? What, like, what are some baby steps? Somebody who maybe has a nine to five working class, but doesn't see this as something they want to do for a long term. And they just frankly want to create better options for themselves and for their family financially down the line. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I, I, you know, I say that the first step is research, right? The first step is to do, do your research, understand, you know, what are the different, you know, you know, understanding what real estate is, understanding what are the different avenues that you can take to get into real estate. Um, and, you know, what, you know, what are, you know, what is stocks and bonds? How do they work? Um, and, and how, you know, what are the different steps that you can take to get into it? And so, you know, if we start with real estate, you know, you know, you have one, you know, one option where you just, you know, you can learn by doing right. You can learn by, you know, buying property and, 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 you know, becoming, you know, switching from being a renter and becoming an owner. And throughout that that process, you can learn. You have other you have other ways where if you work in that field, right, you get a job, you know, as a real estate agent. And you learn, you you know, you study for your real estate license, and you learn about real estate that way. Uh, you can be a you can be a wholesaler where you don't want to go to school to get a real estate license, but you like you you like to be the middleman. Middleman, you could talk the talk, walk the walk, and so you you find somebody who wants to sell their home, 
you find somebody who wants to buy the home, you put them together, and then you make you know you make the difference between you know you 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 add up you add on a, a, a an additional like a finder's fee, and then you you know you you keep the difference between the two. Um, so those are the ways, right? That you could you could kind of kind of get in, you know, buy and hold, you know, be an agent or do some wholesaling. Um, then you know from a stock perspective, right? You you know you can either uh, you know, trade stock passively or trade stock actively. Um, so actively means that you like Nike and so you go buy Nike. You like Disney, you buy Disney. You like, you know, Nickelodeon, you buy Nickelodeon. Uh, but then there's passive ways to do it too. You know, passively meaning that you don't, you know, you don't, you, you just set set something up and let and let your money work. Uh, you have apps like Robinhood. You have you have uh, um, Acorns where when you use your card, uh, it rounds up all your purchases to the nearest dollar. And the change they they invested into something for you. So that's the way that you can do it, uh, pat you know passively. Um, and so I would say you know for anybody, the first step is to research, uh, do your research, learn about uh, you know stocks and bonds. But then number two is after you learn about stocks and bonds, after you learn about real estate, uh, do something. It's not about you know like we, we spend a lot of time uh, only on education, but after education you have to implement. And so whether you are going to buy buy stocks and bonds, buy real estate, or if you're going to be an agent, whatever it is, you should take some type of action that's going to, going to, going to get you towards that space. Um, and it doesn't take a lot, right? You can do it, you know, even with a full-time job. You can do it, you know, two to three hours a day. You don't have to, you know, necessarily quit your job in order to get into uh, any of these fields. Uh, but, but, but you do have to take action because, like you said, uh, these are two of the three ways that you could build build wealth for yourself. Indeed. Now, let me ask you in reference to real estate. Uh, someone making the decision to buy their own home, um, would that be a viable step in being able to invest into real estate? Like purchasing your for first home and maybe being able to capitalize, like you said earlier, through renting would that be something that you would consider to be a viable first step if you have the ability to purchase your own home? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. If I could do it over again, I would. My my, my first home, I probably wouldn't have lived in it. I would I would have rent I would have rented both of apartments. Um, especially, you know, again, I'm a, I'm gonna keep saying this. This is one of the best times to be alive. Because think about Airbnb exists now. Mm. It didn't exist five years ago. Right. And so now if you and just for the record, anybody can buy a home. I don't care if you work at McDonald's. I don't care if you make fifteen dollars an hour. Anybody could buy a home because right. It's first you have to you have to take care of your credit. Make sure your credit is good. But after that, there are programs out there. You have first time home buyers program. You have FHA loans that literally you could put three percent down and buy a home with only 3% down. Like, like, like you know, there, there's, a, there's a place right now as we speak in the Bronx, a co-op or condo that costs $90,000, that if you only save up $2,700, you can own it. Mm. Right? 3% of $90,000 is only $2,700. And so... You could do that with a tax return. And so it's not as difficult as people make it seem. You can save up. You can get to that space where you are creating, you know, 
um, this another source of income for yourself. And so I would absolutely suggest that, you know, anybody getting into, um, you know, home ownership, the first time should be to rent it out because here's the game, right? So now I just told you about this place. You know, you, you got this $90,000 uh, condo that you now, you know, you put $2,700 uh, down. You know, your mortgage is probably going to be like, you know, $800 on $90,000, right? Now you rent that out. And when you rent it out, it, let's say it's a two bedroom, right? You rent it out. You're probably going to rent it out for like $1,500, right? $1,600. And so now you take that $800 and you pay off your, your, your mortgage, the remainder $700, the remainder 800, you, you know, the remainder $700, like that is income that you're earning. And so if you decided to now do the same thing over and over again, now you have multiple properties that you could potentially use to now fund where you live. So it is very possible. It is very, you know, I, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, but, 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 but. Before you do it, though, make sure you know what you're doing, right? Just don't jump in because you just heard me now say it. I want right. you to read some books. I need you to talk to some people that have done it before. I need you to, to, to take some webinars, take some courses, you know, really understand what you're getting into. But then once you're comfortable, then it's time to go in. Definitely. I, I agree with that. Doing your research is important. But I thank you for sharing that insight. That was powerful. Absolutely. In chapter 356 um, of your, your book, uh, The Wake Up Call, I'm looking at it right now, I have it in my hand, uh, you talk about the importance of credit. Yeah. In this chapter, you state that credit is one of the most important financial tools that can be used to grow someone's wealth if you know how to use it right. I like yes. that you stated that, if you know how to use it right. So how do you use credit the right way to build wealth? Credit should only be used to build to buy assets, period. And so if you are using your credit to uh, to go out, it's the wrong way to use it. If you're using your credit to buy a car, which is a which is a, a depreciating, it's not even an asset. It's, it's a you know it's a depreciating liability. Um, then you use it the wrong way. Um, I believe that credit should be used to buy things that will appreciate in value. And so if you're going to use your credit uh, to buy a house, I'm okay with that because you can make income from the house. But even if you don't make income from the house, even if you decide to live in the house, uh, you will still be better off because you, that house, it, nine times out of ten, is going to appreciate in value. And so, you know, if you use credit to start a business, something that's going to bring you money, then I'm okay with that. Uh, even from a from an educational standpoint, if you uh, use credit to go to school and that education that you're taking is going to help you, you know, find a job or, 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 or you know, make more money, um, then, then I'm all for that, too. But using credit, uh, you know, to, to, to take advantage of a buy one, get one free sale or, you know, something that you want to buy, I think that's not that's not that's not the way to do it. Um, and that's how you get yourself in in debt. Uh, and that's how you, you become a slave to debt. Um, and that's how you work for the credit card companies by every time you get paid, you're paying off your credit cards opposed to putting money away uh, and, and investing to, to build, build financial freedom. Dope. Thank you again for sharing that. Um, I want to take a quick break just to go into some music. Uh, we'll come right back. 
but I do want to just let the listeners know that the interview is currently taking place with Ash Exantis. His name is best known as Ash Cash, speaker, best-selling author, personal financial expert, and much more. He is here with us on Out the Box Talks. You can also catch this interview on our 24-7 internet radio station, Out the Box Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back. You're in tune to Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. My co-host, A-Level, isn't with me today, but I do have the pleasure of having professional financial expert and business consultant, Brother Ash Cass. I'm really, really enjoying this conversation. Um, and my next question really has to do with starting a business. It's been said that when you go into starting a new business, it should be in a market that shows that there's a strong customer interest or a track record of people wanting to buy from this market or this area of business. But what happens when there's a conflict between a business that you're really passionate about and a business idea that the market shows has a history of financial value? How do you choose? How do you choose between, is it possible to still choose your passion and be successful financially? How do you do this? Oh, absolutely. Um, I say choose passion always, always. Ne never, never chase the money. Always choose the passion. Because as somebody who's been an entrepreneur uh, for a very long time, I've had, very, I, you know, I've had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, what I would say is that being, you know, starting a business is not easy. Uh, there, there will be a lot of ups and downs. And so if, you're, if, if your only motivation is money, uh, you will drive yourself crazy. Uh, you need to have some, you have to have a bigger why than just the amount of money that you can make. Uh, because I've, you know, I've had people, I've known people who've had a lot of money uh, who were, you know, worth millions of dollars, but they were miserable because mm -hmm. they made a lot of money, but they were stuck. They were grinding 80 hours trying to sustain a lifestyle, but they, but they weren't happy because they weren't doing what they love to do. Um, and so I would choose passion always. Uh, money is not the end all be all. Uh, in fact, I'm a big believer of the law of attraction. Um, and the more you love what you do every single day, the more you are able to attract opportunities that will uh, help you make the money, that will help you uh, get to whatever level you uh, put out into the universe. Um, and so, you know, I, I am not a, I'm not a believer or a follower of trends and what people are saying. Um, you know, you know, I think it's important to understand, you know, what, what analysts are quote unquote saying the next big financial boom is. Uh, but I can guarantee that even within the next financial boom, uh, if you have a skill that can translate into a business, a product, a service that you could, you could kind of uh, use that um, as a way to, you know, to, 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 to uh, take your business to the next level. You know, I'll give you an example for myself, right? You know, as somebody who started out in, in finance, you know, I wanted to teach finance. And, and, you know, 10 years ago, the best way to teach was to write books. But now, you know, I still write books because people still read, but everybody is 
is on the video wave. Nobody's reading. And so what did I do? I started an online financial academy that teaches mm-hmm. people how to manage their money because you know, it's still my passion. It's still what I love to do, but I'm pivoting with what's happening. It's similar to musician. If you like to make music, keep making music. You're passionate about making music. All right, great. Make music. But what, what are you going to have to do? Before it was, it was A-Track, then it's CDs, then it's tape. Now it's streaming. You know, you know then it's YouTube. You just got to follow uh, the business trend, but you don't have to compromise your passion in order to be on trend with business. Wow, that's deep. So let me let me ask you this, and just just for clarity, if someone wanted to go into the restaurant business, and they were at odds between um, selling what you would call like fried chicken or you know fried chicken, uh, candy yams, you know all of that food that we want to say that the masses generally like, but their passion wasn't promoting and selling vegan cuisine (laughs) you're saying even though the masses are asking for the fried chicken and the low vibrational foods that we know of that it's still uh better to go in that direction of their passion for vegan food and be successful absolutely we we see it happening now we see it happening now right you think about you know i remember growing up in harlem um, there were always vegan spots in Harlem, right? And but they but they catered to a certain demographic. But mm-hmm. now, when when you think about twenty years later, thirty years later, these vegan spots still exist. They're still making money, and they actually more of them are popping up. And the reason for it, imagine, right? Imagine that thirty years ago, the vegan spot on One Twenty Fifth Street said, "You know what? I'm not going to open because people love fried chicken, mac and cheese, and yams." No. They opened and they met a need because there was a niche, right? There were mm. there were enough people who, who wanted to eat vegan food that was a niche. And so maybe 30 years ago in Harlem, it was probably, you know, 50,000 people, right? We fast forward, though, those 50,000 people were enough to sustain that business throughout the year. Now we fast forward and that's 50,000 people might be 500,000 people. And so now it's so abundant that, that there needs to be more stores, more people. And so I, I say that to say, if you go against your passion, if you go against what you believe in, the long term, it will not be successful. Mm. So that's why people who try to try these businesses out because they, they thought it was going to make them money, uh, but they weren't passionate about it. And because they weren't passionate about it, they weren't able to put the energy that's necessary to be successful. And so, I, so yes, I think that if, if your passion is vegan food, it's high vibrational food, and, and but you know that the masses are, are going towards low vib- vibrational food, then, I mean, that, that doesn't even make, like, why would you even go against what you believe, right? Right. And so I would say, so always, always stick to your belief system because the universe sees, uh, you, get, you get out, right? You get out of the universe what you put into it. And so if you're putting out a lie, you're going to get back lies. If you put out the truth, if you put out your passion, you will always end up on, on top. Very well said. Very well said. So my next question involves digital currency. Uh, this has been a big talk, big thing in recent years, especially with the rise of the popular Bitcoin, which I have to say I don't know too much about. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious to know 
uh, from your own experience, right, from your professional financial experience, where does the valid validity lie in investing in Bitcoin? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think, again, it, it starts with research uh, because, you know, I was somebody who, um, you know, invested in Bitcoin very early um, and, it, and it's just turbulent. Right. And so there was a lot of ups, a lot of downs. I was lucky enough uh, to, you know, not lose any money. Uh, you know, I was, able, you know, I'm still up right now. Like as you were asking the question, I, you know, I, I went to my Coinbase app because I haven't checked it in a while. And I was like, oh, man, I wonder if I'm up. Right. And so I'm so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up. I'm, up, I'm not up a lot. I'm up 1.33%. That's like literally what it's saying. But I'll take it. You know, what I, mean? I didn't lose any money, right? Um, but I, I, I would say that um, there are other coins out there. It's not only Bitcoin. There are a lot of um, cryptocurrencies out there. Um, but what's more important than the cryptocurrency is the underlying technology that runs the cryptocurrency, which is called blockchain. Um, and so I think that uh, it, it is important that everybody should understand blockchain, should do re research on blockchain, should know what blockchain is, because blockchain is, is not only going to change, you know, how money is, is spent and made, uh, but it's also going to change healthcare. It's going to change the real estate business. It's going to change so many different uh, industries in this world uh, that we want to be prepared for it. And so, uh, you know, simply put, uh, the reason why, you know, uh, Bitcoin and a lot of other cryptocurrencies uh, are popular um, is because it cuts out the middleman. When you think about it right now, you know, if, if I bank with Chase and you bank with Citibank, if I wanted to send you money, I'm going to give my money to Chase. Chase gives it to Citibank. Citibank gives it to you. And so it touches two more hands before it gets to us, right? It gets to the person mm -hmm. that it intended. What, what, what Bitcoin and cryptocurrency does, it removes Chase. It removes Citibank. And so now I can send money directly to you. Um, and 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 there's there's always a ledger of it. You can always trace it. Um, you know, it, it's not you know the, the 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 likeliness of fraud is very low. Um, and so that's why in, it's faster. You can get the money immediately, opposed to having to wait two to three business days or even hours. Um, and so that's that's why it's been so attractive. And there's so many you know the banks have fought it, the government has fought it because they they don't want us to use money unregulated and so they've been trying to find ways that they can use still use this technology uh, and regulate it uh, but at the end of the day it is it is a uh, you know technology that is here to stay and, and so I would I would definitely get involved with you know learning about cryptocurrency learning about uh, blockchain so that you that way you're in the know and you know how to pivot when the world finally pivots indeed indeed so at the very least uh, do your research, but don't do dismiss it completely. Yes, absolutely. I think I think that I, you know I actually think that dismissing it completely uh, is a big mistake because it will not not if and or but it will change the world, and you want to be ready when it does. The same thing that, that the internet did when people were like, "Ah, forget this internet thing," you know, like the you know the the, the older folks was like, "Ah, I'm never gonna get on the internet now." You know, now Miss Johnson has has Facebook, right? So. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. I've had this conversation quite, quite a lot. You know, I remember moments where I, family members have said, I, I don't want a cell phone and look at 
everyone has one now and like literally almost can't live with it. So I definitely take that into consideration. Uh, I feel like I should have asked this question before and we're winding down the interview, but I think this one is important. Uh, You grew up in the projects in Harlem, uh, a place where one could say is poverty stricken and you were able to make it out successfully. Um, And when I say make it out successfully, I'm not saying that you've separated yourself from the hood, but you've been able to create financial success for yourself. Um, But I'm curious to know, who are some of the people in your community, whether it be family or friends, that inspired you to get on the path of success? Man, and so, you know, that's a great question. Um, I, I will always be, no matter what level of success I attain, I will always be the guy from 129th Street and 8th Avenue. Um, and because I didn't have, um, you know, business people around me um, that were, you know, we did have store owners and people who were business folks, uh, but they were older. Um, and so, you know, my, my, you know, role models and the people that helped me uh, were drug dealers, were drug dealers and rappers. You know, mm-hmm. fast shout to my, 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 big, my big brother, Arkeel. Uh, and, you know, anybody who remembers Rex and Effects uh, from back in the day, you know, because Teddy Riley is yes, actually my as well, right? And so, you know, you had guys like Teddy. You had guys like Arkeel from Rex and Effects. You had guys like Nutter Butter who wrote a lot of those songs who inspired me because, you know, when, when these guys were on television, they would walk back through the hood and you would see them. They would they would they would throw, you know, you know, you know, trips to great adventures and, and, and parties and things of that nature, you know, for families and stuff. They would give away the turkeys and things of that nature. Uh, and so that inspired me. And so that's one, you know, one of the folks. Uh, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that that the gangsters didn't inspire me. Right. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up where, you know, I knew all the gangsters and, and you know, they, they taught me the game, you know, and, and my code that, that I have today um, has been taught by gangsters. And the great thing about that, though, um, is that there was a code. And, and if you just, you know, I think the hood doesn't realize that there is no difference. There's no difference between corporate America and the streets. And so when I got to corporate America, it was familiar to me. And that's why I was able to, 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 to climb up the ladder very quickly. That's why I was only a teller for, for eight months and then, and then went to customer service and then private banking and then a branch manager and then the CEO of a credit union was because the same game that I taught or I was, I was taught, you know, in the streets was the same game I used, right? They, you know, I remember one of my friends, um, you know, would, would, would tell me, all the time, man, when I first started selling mixtapes and CDs on the street, you know, I, I would have an issue selling them and he would use his drug dealing tactics. He said, yo, do more telling than asking. And I'm like, do more telling mm. than asking. He's like, yo, do more telling than asking. Now, fast forward 10 years later, I'm a branch manager and, and, I'm, and I'm telling people how to sell, you know, you know, products and services. And what did I tell him? I said, yo, do more telling than asking. And in fact, if you read any sales book, you will see that they call it assumptive selling. That's the name of it. It's called assumptive selling, where instead of saying, hey, do you want to buy my product or service? I will assume that you're going to buy it. I'm going to say, hey, so here's this product and service. It's going to, it's going to help you out. How many do you want? Right? And, that, and, and, and that's a tactic that I learned in the street that 
works for me now. You know, when when I when I when I'm at you know an event and I finish speaking and I and I'm at my table and somebody comes to my table and they're asking me about books. I'm like, hey, you know what? You know, I start asking them questions about what they want out of life and what they're looking for, and then I say to them, oh, you know what? This is the book that you need right here. Here you go. And I put it in their hand and I'm like, you know, how, you know, you want one or you want one for your for your son, or your daughter, you know. And, and I'm assuming that they're gonna make the sale. And nine that nine times out of ten, that works. And so my role models are my OGs, are my are my guys that showed me the ropes, are the guys who didn't didn't pressure me. You know, they did what they did, but they didn't pressure me to you know to to get into the game but they still taught me the game and that code is 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 what is with me that will be with me for for the rest of my life um but that's what taught me and 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 that's who my role models are ash i appreciate you for talking with us today before my pleasure brother my pleasure indeed before i go i have to talk about this um and we we mentioned this earlier or you mentioned it earlier, in reference to Nipsey Hussle, who we yeah. tragically lost um, last week. Uh, it's yeah. been, you know, his 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 murder has is fresh, and it's been a tragic loss for so many in the hip hop community, and and throughout, even even beyond hip hop. I saw an Instagram post where you have a new book coming out called Hustle Nomics. Money ownership yes. and business lessons inspired by Nipsey Hussle. What was at the core of your inspiration for this book, and what do you hope to achieve with this next title? Man, unfortunately, man, last, I had this book idea last year, um, wow. and unfortunately, you know, after Victory Lap came out, I was so excited about putting the book out. Um, in fact, I, re- you know, I had, you know, my, my folks, you know, my, 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 my attorney is in LA. Um, and so I had my, you know, my attorney reach out to some folks, uh, but then life started to happen and I, I couldn't, uh, dedicate the time I needed, uh, to finish the book. Um, and so I kind of let it go by the wayside and I didn't really pursue it. Um, and so, I, you know, hindsight of 2020, um, you know, I mean, we, we never know that, you know, we, not, not in a million years. Did I even think that this would have happened to Nipsey wow, Hussle? Wow. And so I, I knew that I, you know, in my mind, I, I knew that I, I was going to have an opportunity to connect with him for real, you know? Wow. Um, so this so, was on so, the wave. I, you already had this in plan prior to his absolutely. death. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, because when I listened to Victory Lap, like, like it, it, it did the same thing. It did the same thing for me that the four, that 444 did. Mm. But 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 on a higher level, right? And here and here's why I did on a higher wow. level. Yeah. Because 444. So Jay Z is a multi-billionaire, right? Or or, or he's not. Yeah. I'm putting I'm putting I'm putting that in in, in existence. Right? I meant multi-millionaire, but he'll be a billionaire <laughs> soon, right? I, I feel you. You know. But Jay Z it is has been successful for all these years, and so there are some people that he you know he still doesn't relate to, right? Nipsey. Is like from Crenshaw, like he's a gang member, like he is talking the talk, but people still relate to him on that level. And he's starting to change people's paradigms on that level. And that's the type of change that that that's that's gonna shake up the world. And so when when Victory Lap came out, I said, yo, I said, 
this right here is going to, like, what he's spitting, I was going to do the same thing. And so when he passed, uh, I just felt compelled, man. I just felt, you know, I felt like a, there was such a void. Like, it hurt me like I knew Nipsey personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the one thing, and and, then, and, and this is what I, what I said to you earlier when I talked about my mom, right? What I said earlier is that people do not die. They live forever mm-hmm. if you honor their legacy. And so the same reason why I wrote 444 was why I said, you know what? I'm gonna once I heard of his passing, I I, I, I got I got the work and started to finish up finish up the book. Um and that and that's why, you know, and that and that was my inspiration is to really, you know, he was he he is uh too important of a voice for us to let die with his passing in the physical. Um and so, you know, you know, like 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 he said, man, the marathon continues. When you when when you're running a marathon, right. you know when when, when you get to one leg of the race, you pass the baton, and somebody else takes it and keeps running. And so, you know, my hopes and my inspiration is that people will read this book, um, and 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 use him as an example with what he's done, but by me taking and dissecting it. So so when he talks about assets and liability, uh, I I want to tell you what that is. When he says I got a million dollars on my flesh. I want to tell you what that is. I'm going to tell you why he did that, right? Mm. When he talks about the white boy paying his taxes, I'm going to tell you how that's going to keep you out of trouble. Why? So, 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 I, so for me, it's about giving back the game. And, in fact, um, you know, I, I've had mixed reviews just to be 100%, right? There, there are some people who applaud what, that, what I'm doing, and there's some people who um, – are you know disgusted honestly because they they believe that I may be uh, using his name to further me as a as a personal finance writer, which could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I I do understand where people are coming from. It's a tough loss. Uh, right. People are hurting, and so they 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 and, and and a lot of them may not know me, right? They might they might not know me. They might have That's just true. heard about me. They they haven't been following me for for ten plus years, and I've been putting this work out selflessly you know what i'm saying like 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 i said prior to 444 i've been on every forbes uh everything you name it i've been on it right and so prior to that you know i've i've been on every media outlet and so i'm not you you know using his passing as a way to come up but i do respect what people are saying um and so that's why when i put it out i said i'm not even going to charge right like like i did see that it was going to be free I'm I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give you the game for free, uh, but I do understand how people feel, and so I am in the process of reaching out to his folks, um, you know, seeing if he had some type of foundation, and if people, the people who are saying, you know, that 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 I'm being exploited, uh, it, you know, I, I want to be able to give them an option. Uh, you know, I'm still gonna give it out for free, uh, but I want to give people an option to. Um, you know, to to be able to donate to one of his causes, or you know, you know, some type of a foundation that he may have had. Um, but 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 yeah, but but you know, Nipsey will, will uh, Nipsey will live forever, right? Long live Nipsey Hussle. He will not die. He is not dead. His message is here with us forever. Um, and 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 now he's going to spark the mind and the brain of the next generation, and he's and and, and they're going to take it. They, you know, they're going to take the baton to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got to say. To just to emphasize, I think there's a lot of validity in the fact that you started this book before he passed away. 
and that you were yeah. making moves. So I think that goes towards your credibility. Uh, and I, I, I really appreciate the the approach you're taking. Like you, you really, I could see that you're really doing it for the purpose of promoting his legacy and also sharing information that people can benefit from. And the approach in doing it for free makes a whole lot of sense. So, you know, all the best in, in, in this direction. No, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, indeed. So, again, like I said, I appreciate you for being on the show. This show will be airing on our Out the Box Talks podcast, which is available through iTunes, through Spotify, through a number of podcast streaming networks. We will also be airing the show on our 24-7 internet radio station, Out the Box Radio. So if you're listening and you like it, definitely get in touch. Uh, Ash, for the listening audience, where can people find out more about you, about your future projects, or even if they want to purchase some of the books that you've written in the past? Give, a, give us your um, contact info. Yes, no, absolutely. So definitely uh, go to my website, IamAshCash.com. Um, you can find everything there from, you know, if you want to learn more about me, but my books are there. Uh, I have an online academy called Mind Right Money Academy. And so if you want to work with me directly on, on getting your finances right, uh, you, you, you'll, you'll find information there, the books, uh, you know, events, uh, you know, online community, everything is there. But then you can also follow me on, on social media. Um, so at I am Ash Cash on everything, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, follow me. I am, you know, very responsive on there as well. But uh, I'm also Googleable. So if you want to Google me as well, I can, you know, you can find me that way as well. But, you know, I, I, love, I love to connect with people. Uh, I am a servant of the people. I do, you know, I do this for the, for the people. Um, and I've been doing it for years. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and, and I just, you know, I appreciate you, brother, for having me and, and, and sharing me with your audience. Indeed. So we'll definitely build. I would love to have you in person. I know that you're based in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. But um, you, you're, you're the type of person that I would love to have again on the show in yep. person uh, because I see the value that you bring to hip hop. This is something I can clearly see. And this is something that we need more of. So if you're open to it and if you, you know, whenever you do return back to New York, if you can give me a heads up, I would love to make some room for you to, you know, meet with us and, and have another conversation in person. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'll hit you offline, but I'm, I'm in town this month. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll hit you offline. And then in the summertime, I actually... Uh, teach at a financial institute called World of Money for three weeks. So I'll be in New York the whole July. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we, could, we could figure something out, man. We could definitely make something happen. That summertime might be a, a good look, so we'll, we'll keep in touch for that. All right. Sounds good, brother. Sounds good. All right. So we're about to sign out. Keep it locked on Out the Box Talks. Uh, you can f- visit us online via our social Network sites such as Out the Box Media on Instagram, Out the Box Media on Twitter, 
and Out the Box Radio on Facebook. We're also on YouTube as Out the Box TV. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next couple of weeks. Peace.